0: Good morning, it is wonderful to have each and every one of you here this morning. We begin our service by singing the doxology, which is found in the hymnal number 815. 66 beginning with verse 8. Praise our God, all peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He has persevered our lives. Excuse me. He has preserved our lives and kept our feet from slipping. For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let people ride over our heads. And we went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is hymn number 305, Jesus Paid It All. God, Lord, on this Palm Sunday, and some also have referred to tomorrow being Palm Monday, in terms of your triumphal entry into Jerusalem that began what we have known as Passion Week, and all of the events that led up to your crucifixion, your death, to your burial, and then Lord, next Sunday, we celebrate your resurrection, because the tomb is empty. And Lord, as we just pause and think about those events, Lord, we feel ungrateful that you should have died that way for each and every one of us individually. We don't deserve it we deserve your judgment we deserve your wrath but Lord instead you have given us your grace and your love and your mercy and your compassion and God we praise you for that and the quietness of our hearts and our minds and we just say thankful and how thankful we are for that and Lord it is in that reverence is in that adoration that we come before you with the needs and requests that we have. Challenges that we are facing on a daily basis, the things that we are trying to overcome, the lives that we are trying to lead as best as we possibly can for you. And Lord, we ask that you would give us the strength that we need to have. Lord, we think of family members and of friends, those that, have needs that you call to mind right now through the presence of your spirit in our lives. And God, we lift them up to you in prayer. Lord, for people that you are calling to our memories right now, Lord, we we grieve for them. We feel for their hurt. We feel for their pain. Lord, we'd ask that your presence of your spirit in their lives would touch them and give them the healing that they need to have. Whatever it might be, Lord, you know those that need healing right now. And God, we just lift them up to you and ask that you would just heal them. In the same way, Lord, so many times we ask you to heal our pain and our grief and our anguish and our hurts and our pain. And God, we are so thankful that we just come together collectively as one body of believers in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 310. Lead Me to Calvary. from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, beginning with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice in the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, Lord, we are just so thankful for this time that we can have. And God, you have reminded me that I need to praise you and thank you for all of the many blessings that you have given me in my life. And Lord, I am thankful for all the blessings that you have given to others that are here this morning, the blessings that you have provided them in their lives. Lord, I am so thankful for the salvation that you have provided me through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I am so thankful for the salvation that you've provided for each and everyone that is here this morning through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, all of us lift up those people in our lives that we know need to come to know you in a personal way, the way that we have that they too would experience your love, your compassion, your grace, and your mercy the way that we have through the forgiveness of our sins, that they would experience that same forgiveness for their sins, that they would come to know Christ as their personal Savior, as we have. And Lord, you're calling to our minds those people right now, and Lord, we just lift them up to you right now. Thank you, God blessing us in Christ's name. Amen. I thought it was important that we pray that because we've talked about that over the last couple of weeks about how important it is for us to say that prayer every day. To thank God for the many blessings that he's given us. To thank God for the salvation that we have through his son Jesus Christ. And to pray for the salvation of others. And I know we all have family members and friends and co-workers that they they too need to come to know Christ as their personal Savior, as we have. And as we celebrate on this Palm Sunday, and I was just mentioning in my prayer earlier that some commentators have actually considered the time that Jesus actually entered into Jerusalem was actually on Monday. And uh, commentators were kind of in a jokey way, but also in a serious way, saying that we should actually celebrate Palm Monday instead of Palm Sunday. Because on Sunday of that week, the beginning of that Passion Week, Jesus was actually in Bethany. He was actually at the house of Lazarus, because he had raised Lazarus from the dead, and people had come out of the city of Jerusalem, hundreds, perhaps even thousands of people to see what had happened. They wanted to see Lazarus because they know that he had died and that he had been raised from the grave, that he had been raised from the dead. So part of that Passion Week, and as we begin on that Sunday, was the beginning of that, that, that time when people came out of Jerusalem into Bethany to visit Lazarus because he had been raised from the dead, and they heard about it, and they wanted to see for themselves. In fact, the Pharisees at that time was actually conspiring, according to the Gospels, that they should also kill Lazarus as well, not just only Jesus, because of the testimony of Lazarus' life, the fact that he had been raised from the dead by Jesus Christ. So anyway, well. Kind of sidebar there, in terms of as we celebrate Palm Sunday, maybe it should be Palm Monday. And we should celebrate what Christ had done in Bethany with the wonderful miracle that He performed by la- by raising Lazarus from the dead. But my purpose today is to remind us that as we go through the Passion Week and as we celebrate different things. In fact, I was reminded uh, this morning when I came into the office of the note that we do our cross walk. Uh, we do our, our morning crosswalk on Friday mornings over here in the park, and we go through the different stations of the cross. I was reminded that we were going to be doing that on Friday morning. And as I thought about the times that we have done that over the last couple of years, it was kind of an interesting time as we, as we go through that, and we go through the different stations of the cross, and what Jesus went through uh, before he was crucified. But the purpose of all of those things that I'm talking about this morning is to have you focus on the fact that all of these events that take place during Passion Week, in fact the hymns that we've sung are actually part of what would be considered a Good Friday service and I always think it's interesting that we call it Good Friday because that's the Friday that Jesus died, so why is it a Good Friday? It should be a bad Friday, right? But anyway, that's another another commentary in their event. But it's a Good Friday in the sense of us, right, because of Christ's death, you and I have entered into that relationship with God. But what's important, it's his death, his burial, and resurrection. It's the complete package that you and I have obtained salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But the focus of this morning, and I have preached on this passage before, but I want us to focus on the part of the passage, the second part of the the verses there in 8 and 9, where it specifically talks about that we are to think about those things that are praiseworthy, that are excellent, and that in doing so, we achieve a peace of thinking about those things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And I can't think of anything more praiseworthy than all of the events during this Passion Week that reminds us of how excellent God's love is for us. And within that excellence of that love, you and I, you and I, are to have peace in our lives. Not turmoil, not conflict, not anxiety, but you and I are to have peace. Because if you and I do not have peace, if you and I do not exhibit peace within our lives, then we are truly not focusing on those things that are excellent or praiseworthy. We're truly not focusing on what God has done for us, to us, in such a positive way that we should have peace. Now, it doesn't mean that all conflict and irritability and all those kind of annoying things that do take place in our lives. And I would be the first one to tell you that I get annoyed frequently. In fact, if I just put a penny in a jar every time I got annoyed during the day, I probably would be a very wealthy man right now. But we do have those things, those minor things within our lives that annoy us, that like, okay, this is annoying. But it's those kind of things that God wants us to look at with a laugh and say, hey, it's okay. It's not a big deal here. And I'm going to have peace because I'm not going to think about the annoying things. I'm going to think about those things that are excellent and praiseworthy that have taken place in my life, that are taking place right now in my life, and that are going to be taking place in the future. And then it seems at times that our world seems to be in conflict and we seem to be in conflict with it. But that's not where God wants us to be. God wants us to be at peace. He wants us to be still and know that He is God, and God of our lives. He wants us to have a peace of mind. And there are certain things that create create anxiety within my life. And if I had one of those watches like Lynn has, I probably my heartbeat would probably raise a couple times. Every day, being annoyed with things, and people, and emails, and what I would say, uh, stupid things. In fact, just a sidebar here, for fun, I saw on social media, it was a picture of Baby Yoda, and it was talking about how to tell people that they're stupid in a nice way. And the quote goes something like this. Basically, it says... I can see that you have outrun wisdom when it was trying to catch you. Think about that. You've been able to outrun wisdom when it was trying to catch you. So that's a nice way to tell people that they're stupid. So if Lynn ever tells me that I've been outrunning wisdom and it hasn't caught me yet, I'm like, okay, she's telling me that I've been stupid about (laughs) something. There you go. So... But within our own lives, God wants us to have that peace. And when we reflect on the Passion Week, when we reflect on Palm Sunday, we reflect on the events that take place that you and I uh, celebrate in a good, positive way in the end, because the end state is a victory, the end state is a celebration, and it's where the the, the, the convergence, as I say convenience, the convergence of history meets, at Christ's week in terms of where history has a new beginning and history transitions from considered the old to the new. We still maintain the old because the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures are very much a part of our lives. But there's a transition there. There's a change because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. That that convergence of that event is something that is of historical significance for the entire world. Something to also ponder in the bigger scope of things. But we look we look at life more times than not through our individual lives, which is the way it should be, because we do that. But there are bigger things that are going on outside of our sphere of influence that We do have influence on but God tells us don't be concerned about those things. Do those things that you have to do. Carry out those responsibilities that you have. But let my will work in your life. Let my will work in the world's life. And we have to trust God that God will do that and that all things will work out according to his purpose, according to his will. Even though we may have a lot of individual questions, there's a part of us that we are to trust, and we are to have faith, believing that all things will work out the way that they're supposed to. But in that process, God wants us to have a peace. He wants us to have a peace of mind. And how do we look at the things that have taken place during Passion Week and look at those things that are excellent, that are praiseworthy? Well, I think when we look at the life of Jesus Christ, we see a couple of things. The fact that his entire life is the fact that he wants to show and demonstrate God's love for all of us, for the entire world. And within that process, he gives us a road map a way that we are to live our lives. And we get caught up in the things of the world. We get caught up in what the world says we're supposed to have and all of those things. And all of us are guilty of that. All of us see the wonderful things that the world has and say, I want to be a part of that. I want to have that. I got to need that. I want that. But the Apostle Paul reminds us that as he is talking about his life and who he was as a Jew and how he was set apart in terms of his credentials, in terms of identifying, in terms of who he was, that all of those things that he did, whether it was his understanding of the scriptures, was it his birthright as a Jew, all of those things that he did religiously, keeping the law and all of those things, he says that all of those things is rubbish, trash, dung, manure. All of those things that he did for himself has nothing to do with true life, with true peace. All of those things in exchange for what Christ has done for us. It's all dung. It's all manure. So one of the things that I want us to process, that I have been processing over the last couple of days, is the things within our lives that truly we need to set aside, to give us that peace. And it comes down to two things. Our crosses and our losses need to be set aside need to be forsaken need to be in our minds pictured as rubbish as dung as trash as manure because the sum total of those things will add up to what? absolutely nothing in our lives zip zero but yet I don't know about you, but I I find myself hanging on to those crosses and losses, and God says, no, let them all go. Forsake all of those things, because all of those things that you have strived for, that you consider a loss, all of those things that you consider some kind of cross that you had to bear is nothing. It's rubbish. It's trash. It's garbage. It's refuge. And if you think about that, just that whole concept, you say, wow. And then you think about the fact that spiritually a wonderful exchange takes place. The fact that we take our crosses and our losses, that garbage that we have pulled onto so much, all of those things that upset us and beset us, and create anxiety and all of those things create the fear that we have and when we set them all aside that garbage, that trash, that manure that dung that it represents and we exchange that for the life that God has given us through his son Jesus Christ the life that he wants us to have now through his forgiveness and his love and his grace and his compassion and his mercy and the life that we are to have in eternity. And I don't know about you, but I can only say those things that are praiseworthy to me. And what comes to mind is Abba Father, you know, that that whole personal relationship that God wants us to have, that personal relationship that we have now because we have made that exchange that we have accepted Christ as our own personal Savior within our own lives. And we say, wow, God, how excellent and how praiseworthy is that. And when I think about that, when you think about that, all of those things that are part of the cross, the loss, as we would say in the military, the ash and the trash, stuff what it truly represents the summation of my life the summation of your life is crosses and losses it's ash and trash and if you're holding on to something right now because of your pride because you don't see it as ash and trash or cross or losses you are wrong my friend Because what that means is you're not truly experiencing the peace that God wants you to have right now. Because you're not focusing on those things that are excellent and that are praiseworthy. And you're missing out on the peace that God wants you to have the peace that God wants you to maintain. Because the only way that you and I can truly live for Jesus the way that God wants us to live is to think about those things that are praiseworthy and excellent. And I can't think of a more wonderful time than to begin that process every moment of your day from now on, thinking about this Passion Week, thinking about how it began. And we'll talk a little bit next week as we kind of rush through all of those days and we end at the resurrection, which is what we are all about as followers of Jesus Christ. Because if the resurrection did not take place, if that event was not reality, then you and I better go and believe something else because we're just wasting our time. And it is an all and none, all or none. You either believe it or you don't. You can't take a partial event and say, I believe this, that makes sense, I I don't believe this. You have to take all of what the Word of God says as an all or none proposition because it transcends something that goes beyond us, because you see it is supernatural. I think we can understand natural events that take place. We can understand humanity and how it interacts. We can understand the politics. We can understand the feelings. We can understand all, all the emotions, all of the conflict, all the politics. All of those things that take place during Passion Week. We understand that because it's something natural that we can comprehend, that we can see, that we can understand. But when we get to the supernatural, the things that extend beyond what we can believe in because of our finite being, when we think about Lazarus being raised from the dead, when we think about what that meant, that supernatural miracle that took place, the supernatural miracles that Christ had been doing to identify himself as being the Son of God, as being the Messiah. The Pharisees believed it because they were plotting to have him killed because they thought that that would take care of the problem. Think about that. They were believing what he was doing supernaturally because what were they afraid of? What were they fearing if what he had been doing was not real, was not provable? Have you ever think about that? Why were they taking such action against him if there was not proof about what he was doing was supernatural? And The healings that he was taking place. The casting out of demons from people. The things that he was saying. And he would preach during this Passion Week in the temple. Because he went in in a triumphal entry. He went into the temple. He took care of, kicked out all the money changers, all of the rotten things that was going on inside the temple. He came back the next day and he preached. For the first time, truth was preached in the temple being the Messiah, being the Anointed One. And that's something that you and I need to consider and think about within our own lives. The peace that God wants to have. Understanding that we are to think about those things that are excellent, those things that are praiseworthy, the blessings that He has given to each and every one of our lives the many things that we just praise God for every day. Because that is what gives us the peace that God wants us to have. That is what gives us the peace that transcends all of our human understanding. Those are the things in which we think about those things. We are able to guard our hearts and our minds and our feelings, and they become centered on what we believe in. The Son of God. Jesus Christ our Lord so it is my hope and prayer that when we think about Passion Week and all the things that it represents that the focus of all of that is for you and I to have that peace within our lives the assurance that God wants us to have in all things it's all about peace Amen Please take a few moments as we look at our lives and we examine the things that we need to give up, the things that are reminded within our lives that are truly garbage, dung, manure, ash and trash, all of those things, the losses and the crosses that we hold on to that says ah it doesn't matter at anything and it really doesn't we need to let those things go we need to let the past go we need to live for today in the peace that God wants us to have we can't control any of those things we can't control people we can only look at our own lives and say God here I am take me as I am Love me and keep me the way that you want me to be. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful that you do love us the way that we are. All of our imperfections, all of our personality traits. God, you know of all of those things. God, forgive me. For not focusing on those things that have not been praiseworthy and excellent within my life. Forgive me for focusing on the crosses and the losses that I've had. And focusing on those things have determined the attitude that I've had towards others and towards you, God. Forgive me, Lord me to focus on only those things that are excellent and that are praiseworthy so I can have the peace so I can have the joy that you want me to have and Lord we thank you for this time of communion that we have together, the time that we've had for worship in Christ's name, Amen Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 319, Near the Cross. God. Remind us this week that as we interact with others to show them the kindness the pity, the compassion and our Lord remind them help us Lord to warn them that they need to come to know the gospel as we have come to know the gospel of your son Jesus Christ and Lord we thank you and help us God to focus on those things that are excellent and praiseworthy within our lives so we can have that peace that you want us to have. And now may the peace that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen.